0: Welcome to Authentic the Podcast. My name is Glenn Manton. 24 hours ago, I shared three questions with my guest ahead of this podcast. Each question was taken directly from the pages of my book, Authentic. I asked my guest to write one word or more in response to each question without prescription or provocation. I am unaware of my guest's responses and look forward to exploring her answers as we sit in an old EJ Holden by the water in Williamstown. My guest's name is Tash. Tash, welcome. Thank you. Tash, I'm going to ask you to slide a little bit close to the microphone because we're actually battling a flock of seagulls and some raging winds ahead of uh, this podcast in Williamstown today. I'm going to jump straight into the first question though. The first question I have for you today is, what is your most treasured possession?
1: I would say my dog.
0: Your dog. Tell me about your dog.
1: His name is Hamish. He's an English stuffy, a blue English stuffy. And he's a babe, except he's naughty but he's good.
0: He's naughty but he's good yeah. and he's your most treasured possession. Now, you almost said that with a sense of reluctance. You're unsure whether the dog could represent your most treasured possession. Of course, he can, he being Hamish. What is it though that you treasure about this dog?
1: Um, I would probably say his company love having like just something around that is always excited to see you and like it's just there
0: so he's always there he's excited to see you does this company that you speak of does this represent a time in your life where you're craving it or you've always needed company or you find it hard to be alone
1: I think the opposite like at the moment in my life I'd say that I'm more comfortable being alone than I've sort of ever been um, but I just, just sort of, I don't know, it's different to a human's company, I guess. You get to just hang out with it. You don't actually have to talk. It's just cool. Just chills, hangs.
0: You speak about not talking. Of course, this podcast is based around having a conversation. <laughs> so it can be a little challenging. And of course, Hamish doesn't join us in the EJ Holden today. What is it about not talking that gives you a sense of security with this animal?
1: No judgment dog can't judge you it's always just happy to see you doesn't matter whether you've had a good day or a bad day or if you were a bit of a asshole to him earlier in the day still happy still like same personality within himself so like i don't know probably that you don't have to get chat back either which is always nice
0: so do you find sometimes interacting with other humans to be somewhat draining or exhausting
1: yeah i would say so i think that energy can be transferred between people quite easily Um, and my job being what it is I talk to people all day every day and so I like just sitting and not having to talk to someone sometimes it's nice or something sometimes
0: let's get back to the breed of dog I'm going to ask you a tough question the expectancy in terms of life for this particular dog is what
1: I think it's like 10 to 15 years I think
0: and you've had him now for like four months Four months. Yeah, little baby. So this is the infancy, if you like, of the relationship. How, if at all, can you imagine yourself coping with the loss of this dog?
1: Oh, I would be like a mess. He nearly got hit by a car the other day and I've never been so upset ever and he didn't even get hurt. So, it's just, I don't ever want to think about things like that. I know you like subconsciously think about them to like mentally prepare yourself, but no, he's not going to die. He's going to be alive forever.
0: Just on that, your most treasured possession being this particular dog, have you ever lost anything that you treasured previously?
1: I don't know. I don't think so. Not that, like, has affected me long term. Like, you know, when you're a kid, you probably have something that you really like and then, like you lose it and then you're like really sad about it but you forget about it 10 minutes later
0: so you can move on very quickly as you're a kid what about the gut feeling when you get a bit older how do you think you might cope with a loss in terms of something that you were really fond of really close with
1: I don't know I'm much of like I'm one of those people that I always have to talk it out so I'd probably just talk about it for months on end until it just didn't hurt as much so, even though I talk to a dog who doesn't say anything back, I was going to say you're
0: digging yourself a bit of a hole here. So, hypothetically speaking, and I don't like to go here, and of course we're touching wood as we speak, me touching my skull. <sighs> Hamish passes, or something else of that sort of variety passes. You said you liked the idea of not having to talk to anyone. Who, in that case, would you turn to to talk to? Who would be the fallback?
1: Probably a picture of Hamish. No. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think with things like that, there's nothing anyone could ever say to you to make you feel better. So even if you were to talk to someone and they not, like, say anything back to you, I think that's still nice. Like, so it's not so much that I, I feel like I'd need a conversation to make myself feel better about it. But, like, just talking it out, even if it was to, like, I don't know, another object or, like, going to the beach and talking to the beach which sounds really weird but No it
0: doesn't it's it's quite extraordinary that we've hit this particular path out of the initial question I really like what you're talking about in terms of uh, you mentioned an object speaking with an object or speaking with the beach and again our listener has to rely on the description ahead of the show but I could paint a slightly greater f- picture for them today we've had to shift the EJ down to uh the point here in Williamstown and uh, the water's very choppy, there's a selection of people walking about us as I mentioned earlier, a flock of seagulls looking back towards the city, it's a lovely lovely night but there's also some solitude that can be found here in a conversation, do you have a place that you often retreat to if you have to have a conversation, is there someone or something you turn to in terms of a space?
1: Always beach like no particular beach like that I go to but I there's something about like like, I don't know, walking on the sand that really calms you down or, like, s- sitting and listening to waves. It sounds really silly, but, like, waves are coming and then they go out and, like, they're just going to keep doing that. So...
0: You're doing a lot of apologising here. Why are you apologising? it sounds
1: weird, like, thinking that the beach is going to take my issues away.
0: What would be weirder, imagining that the beach can help you cope with some of the stresses in life or sitting down with a psychologist in a white jacket uh, while... Uh, you lie on a couch
1: I don't know I think both have their depends on what kind of person you are they can both help but yeah it just depends
0: so let me now combine Hamish and the beach what do we have if we combine Hamish and the beach the
1: happiest dog ever he loves the beach um I don't know
0: is that a happy time for you
1: yeah I'd say so
0: your mind drifting off everywhere while you're walking on the beach
1: yeah I don't think I've ever been overly sad for too long at the beach, which
0: is nice. So we speak about the beach being a retreat and Hamish, your uh, dog, being your most treasured possession. I often, when I think about the beach, think about music. I like to include music when I'm in and about the beach. And I personally can only take my experience in life uh, as an adjunct to your conversation and say that I agree that the beach can be a very cathartic space. So can music is there a particular song, lyric, album, group, moment revolving around, centering on music that you can share with us as being influential in your life?
1: Um, I don't think there's any like particular song or lyric that sort of speaks anything to me. I'm definitely one of those people that, like I listen to music all the time as like a bit of a a distraction or a relax or, you know, a mood changer or anything like that. Like, it motivates me when I go to the gym or, you know, kind of distracts you when you're having a bit of a mood or whatever. But I know no lyrics to any song. I'm terrible. I sing to songs and I just rewrite them because apparently I'm better than the artist who got paid a lot of money to write them. But, yeah, I would say that music more so than anything is a mood changer for me. So, like, if I'm a little bit, like unmotivated or a bit down or a bit happy like you know you you listen to music to promote that or to to change that in my life I guess.
0: So would you be saying that the soundtrack to your life is generally one that's uh, looking to lift you or one that's looking to just taper off your mood? How, what sort of daily pattern is there if any?
1: Um, probably more uplifting and I also like just really sort of relaxing stuff that can know just keep it going just set the mood a bit more rather than change the mood but yeah.
0: And how do you listen to your music?
1: Well my car radio is broken so not in the car. Um, I listen to music a lot at work and probably just like through my phone like headphones at like the gym and stuff.
0: Is it something you enjoy with other people?
1: I think that it's nice and there's music on like and it's a party or like a like just a hang or whatever. I think that music definitely can help set a mood and like it's good when people have their favourite songs or whatever or like older songs come on and you sort of like can remember things or you know, you know, remember being in your lounge room listening to video hits when that was still cool and dancing to it or whatever. But yeah, I think it's good with other people.
0: What about when you're alone, you're in a dark space, tough time. Is there a particular genre that you would turn to in terms of your musical taste?
1: Probably overly depressive. Like, if you're in a bad mood, you want to be in a bad mood. Okay, so you
0: send yourself right down into it and sit in it.
1: Yeah, you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to put on, like, some Pharrell Happy when you're in, like, the depressive state. Got to listen to, like, some Aurora or something make you go cry. Something that's going to make you cry, get it out, get it done.
0: So you, you look to do that. You look to push the envelope, get some tears happening, and does that allow you to move forward, or does that mean that you sit in it a little longer?
1: Who knows? Depends on what I'm set about, I guess, more than anything else.
0: When was the last time you sat in it? Oh.
1: I don't know. Not for a while. Probably when I was younger, like in high school and stuff. High school's one of those times that... Everyone's just all going crazy, so probably then.
0: What do you mean going crazy?
1: Got a lot of hormones and stuff going on. Everything sucks, but it's also like really good and you're like busy, but you're not and you just think a lot. I know high is one of those things, but it's also like really fun as well. It's just the age, I guess, more than high school itself. But
0: Looking back on it, high school, fun time, tough time?
1: A bit of both. I thought school itself was really fun. I had a lot of really good friends who I'm still friends with now, which doesn't often happen. Um, So I liked that side, but uh, I think like lifestyle was really challenging. I don't think I did a lot to help myself and all of that.
0: What does that mean?
1: Oh, like just with study and stuff like that, I wasn't much of a studious person my sister was very very clever and it kind of sucked when you had to follow with the same teachers the following year and they're like oh well she got this and i'm like cool i also can't copy her essays because you were her teacher
0: did that make it hard not having
1: to write having to write my own essays (laughs) yes
0: walking my sister
1: Nah, not really because we're really close so i never felt like i had to personally compete with her but a lot of the time we were compared and like we still are now because she's she's quite different to me like and so she always feels that like you know she's lacking in some things that I'm stronger in and vice versa but I think that's I think it's a healthy way to sort of be I don't think it's unhealthy to sort of compare yourself to an extent I think when you're totally wanting to compare yourself and change yourself because you're not happy with who you are that's a bit unhealthy but you can always have influences that you want to you know be a little bit more like or never but you have to remember you know you can't be the same person you can't just copycat it so
0: school finished the way you wanted it to finish
1: yeah had heaps of fun probably could have studied a little bit more and turned up to a few more of my exams at the end of the year but i definitely i wouldn't change it i wouldn't go back and be like oh, i should definitely study because i had a lot of fun i hung out with like my friends a lot more and didn't really worry too much about that and yeah
0: we're talking about school days and it evokes the idea of this third and final question what advice would you give a younger you?
1: that you can't please everyone
0: you can't please everyone, Mm. spoken from a perspective of experience or just a gut feeling, you can't please everyone, fill me in
1: you just, you're never going to be everyone's cup of tea. Like You could be the best person to someone, and they're still not going to like you, and it's fine. You don't have to like everyone, and I think that's thats all right. You're not going to like everyone, and everyone's not going to like you, as long as I, I think if you're kind, then it's fine.
0: Does that extend to family?
1: Yep. Just because they're your family doesn't mean you have to like them.
0: Has that played out in your life? Yeah. How so?
1: or I have distant relationships with family members that I should probably be a bit closer with. I don't really have much to do with my biological father, but at the same time I have an awesome stepfather, so kind of lucky in that sense.
0: Do you feel like that's something you'd want to push for or you're happy to allow that just to move on the way it has? A bit like the water rolling in in front of us, it'll go where it needs to go.
1: Mm. I think I'm definitely the pusher away of it. I don't really... The need to have it in my life, so I, th- I think that just because someone's your family, if they're hurtful or you, you know, don't really mesh, then you don't really have to keep them ar- around. That sounds pretty bad, but no, it's not your like opinion. you. opinion.
0: It's yeah. how you feel.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think that people get a couple of chances, and then, yeah, uh,
0: two chances.
1: Oh, that's what a couple. No, nah, a few. You get you get enough chances, I think.
0: different. How how many is enough?
1: I don't know. It depends on who it is. So, like, if you're my sister, you're probably going to get a lot more than, like, a friend that I've had for, like, a year.
0: Where does forgiveness fit into everything for you?
1: I think that forgiveness is something that, like, it comes from the person who has to forgive, not so much the person who needs forgiving. You don't, like, just because someone says that they're sorry or whatever, like, they've done all they can kind of thing. You have to choose to forgive. Um, I think that you can't just be given forgiveness either. Like it's sort of like doubles over, I guess. But you can't just expect it. I think that if, you know, someone wants to forgive, then that's their choice. And if they don't want to, then you also have to allow that.
0: Do you feel like you've forgiven who you need to forgive or you've given out as much forgiveness as you can?
1: I think that I've forgiven as much as I need to forgive. I don't think that forgiveness always means that you have to allow them back into your life or, you know, I think sometimes as well that forgiveness is more for yourself than for that other person. So, like, just to feel better within yourself and all of that.
0: You're speaking about these relationships and how they are affected by your advice to a younger you. How does the advice to a younger you stand against social media, this sort of platform that we're forever promoting as an important space to connect with other people?
1: I think that social media is one of those things that people forget that there's a real person on the other side of an account or the other side of a picture or whatever. Um, and it's definitely one of those things that you're not going to please everyone. and instead of it being that you're not going to please everyone in your close circle or at your workplace or a customer that comes in or something like that, it's you're not going to please everyone that can access your photo or your account or your podcast or something. It's a lot like it's worldwide instead of like suburb wide. So I think that you definitely just, yeah, not one of those things that you should let everyone like just thrash you down over.
0: What do you do when people tear you down for whatever reason? You speak about this not pleasing everyone, that's very authentic to who Tash is, but how do you deal with any negativity that comes your way as a result of that?
1: Um, I think it depends on who it is and in what circumstance. So if it's like in a work circumstance, sometimes you have to just grin and bear it. Like. You know, there's there's work, and you've got to do it, and you're there to do that. I think that if you're being pleasant, then, you know, not everyone is going to like you, but you need to be able to get along with, like, customers or managers or, you know, this, that, the other. Um, I think in my day-to-day life, if it was, like, a friend or something that, like, we've grown apart and we, you know, change like, as you do, as you grow older, like, you change a bit, I think that sometimes it's okay just to grow apart as well like if you're not like yeah if you're not who you were initially when you met or whatever it happens it happens in like relationships in friendships all of it. it's also the same same
0: Tash it's been really interesting talking to you but we need to find out who is Tash so I'm going to give you an impromptu drum roll here on the dashboard of the old EJ Us in, who is Tash?
1: I am Tash, I'm 22 from Melbourne, and I am a barista at a health cafe.
0: Well, thanks so much for joining us here this afternoon on what is a very, very swirly afternoon, as was our conversation. We jumped around, we skipped around, but I think our audience will be able to enjoy taking in your thoughts around those three particular questions. Thank you for listening to Authentic, the podcast. Whilst we're out of time now, we can continue the conversation electronically via Facebook and Instagram, or you can find me by searching Glenn Manton and further material associated with this podcast by searching Authentic. To purchase a copy of my book, Authentic, please head to www.glenmanton.com.au forward slash book. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes. I look forward to your company again soon.